this week what Thor Industries' purchase of Tiffin Motorhomes might mean for a southern manufacturing hub, the newest national park in the National Park Service system, some thoughts on that tragic Nashville bombing incident and what it might mean for RVers going forward, and a heck of a lot of tips for newbie RVers. This is the RV Miles Podcast. RV Miles is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and NPF share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. Welcome to episode 176 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are back on the road. We <laughs> did it! Boy, with this episode's a little bit late getting out, but, but we're here. Happy New Year. <laughs> Let's just get that rolling before we go into anything else. A very, very happy 2021 to everyone. We did, like Jason was just saying, we took a few days off. Yeah, we maybe even a little more than a few days, maybe but more than we should have. <laughs> we unplugged big time. Uh after the stress of getting back on the road, which we are sounding like broken records every time we come off the road for a period of time, we lament afterwards about how exhausted we were trying to get back on the road. And this happens every holiday season. We get to someone's home. We have the ability to have packages come to us. The holidays happen. The next thing we know, we have copious amounts of camera gear and recording gear <laughs> and then some of us are like where's all of this going and well, so we also do a lot of repair and stuff every time yes. we stop at family's house so there, there's a lot going on and it is always a lot of work to get back into the rig but we are thrilled to be back on the road we yes. had a rough travel day our first day yeah. with some ice storm stuff but we are here in ozark arkansas which is actually the same campground we left before we ended up with the family for holidays for six weeks. So we're back here just as a shortstop on our way down to warmer weather in Texas. But it yes. is not warm here. It is not warm. And if you are watching this, you can see that the RV Miles Roaming Podcast Studio is in a very cold environment today because we are bundled up. I think the high today here is about 38 39, and we're going to dip down into the low 20s tonight. So we are definitely going to be filling up the freshwater tank, unhooking the water, and then uh, crossing our fingers, which we should be fine that nothing freezes because we really haven't had that kind of an issue as long as we've got fresh tank filled and we keep all the doors open and crank up the heat. So... We're we're also anxiously awaiting our solar system, which has been delayed, and it's now I going can't. to have to track itself to wherever we are in the country. Let's not talk about this. I'm going to just bust. <laughs> I'm going to bust. We, you know, last time we were all together, we talked about how excited we were that we were getting solar. We were going to get it installed. This was going to be uh, the 2021 
game changer. And here it is now, uh, several days into 2021. And our solar, as far as we know, has still not shipped. There you go. There you go. Let's so, just leave it at that. <laughs> since we talked last time, uh, there has been a lot of news happening in the RV world. And one of those big things was Thor Industries' purchase of Tiffin Motorhomes. And I go into a lot of detail about this on, on a video I did on the YouTube channel, which you can certainly check out. But I wanted to talk for a minute. Are you checking your watch? Uh, I was rubbing okay. my hands together. <laughs> They're cold. <laughs> but I wanted to talk for a minute about what this means for. Thor. A lot of people are concerned about what it means for Tiffin. Uh, Tiffin has some fans that are just, uh, they are just rabid. The Tiffinites. Uh, because, even a thing? because Tiffin provides excellent customer service. And that's, that's the main reason. And there are people that are saying, I'm done RVing. Now that Thor owns Tiffin, they're going downhill. I'm, I am never RVing again. That's how, that's how much people love Tiffin. I don't think that much is going to change, at least in the near future. And I think Thor has sort of promised that. Um, and I don't think Thor has any incentive to make Tiffin quality w worse. But that's not what this is about. What I wanted to talk about today for a minute is what this means for Thor. Thor, of course, is acquiring a, a, a primo manufacturing brand, a, a luxury brand uh, of motorhomes. But what they're also getting out of this purchase is a southern manufacturing hub. Tiffin has built up in Red Bay, Alabama and in Mississippi and the surrounding areas, not only their plants for building Tiffin motorhomes and Van Lee fifth wheels, but they also own a lot of ancillary small businesses that provide things like windows and cabinetry and other uh, things that go into building these RVs. So I think part of the strategy here from Thor's end is to be able to utilize some of that for other Thor brands. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see in the in the near future, as a lot of the manufacturers have been announcing newly constructed plants, that we might see some plants for other Thor brands being built near the the other Tiffin plants because they'll have access to all of those ancillary businesses and access to the labor pool. There's just two things I want to say on this subject. One is that Thor really needs to do this right. And it's really, really important that Thor gets this right with Tiffin because they're treading a really fine line right now with the consumer because a lot of words like they're the camping world of the RV manufacturing industry we're starting to see more and more of those comparisons because they have gobbled up so many different manufacturers, so many different brands. So they really, really, really need to do this right. And they really need to start differentiating what it means to be a Thor product, what it means to be a Tiffin product, a Jayco product, because a lot of the comments we saw too was that when someone said, oh, great, now it's just all going to go to pot, another, you know, Thor brand, another Thor made RV. And that's not really accurate. Yeah, well, part of their like, biggest problem is Thor Motor Coach is one of the companies under their right. umbrella. And Thor Motor Coach produces some entry-level motorhomes on up to some uh, more expensive ones. But I think a lot of people look at that brand and say, uh, you know, I, saw, I had some issues with that or whatever it might be. There's issues with every brand. But that's what the quality stamp of Tiffin is going to be in the future. And it's very difficult to have 
the parent company and then the brands underneath. I don't operate on nearly the same level as Thor, but I know the headache it has been for us when we have tried to brand our podcasts and all of the things that we do and how muddled and confusing that has gotten for the consumer, for the person that enjoys the podcasts we put out or the website or the YouTube channel or our family travels. And, you know, that just on my tiny little level has been such a huge headache and trying to figure that all out. I can't imagine what it must be like for Thor. But the other thing I want to say before we move on is we can, y'all, you know, we can complain about this all we want, but you know what? It was Bob Tiffin's decision. Bob Tiffin wanted to sell. He felt like this was right. This is what he wanted to do for his family. And you know what? At the end of the day, I wish the Tiffin family the best. Well, and and they, if you can drop your business for $300 million <laughs> yeah. and be like, bye. And, but they're not even being like, bye. They're the family be is still, it's still family run until you don't see the names Tiffin at the top of the Tiffin pyramid, it's still a family run business, but he sold it for $300 million and set up future generations of his family. What an incredible thing to be able to do. What an accomplishment. I think a lot of people trusted Tiffin because they trust Bob Tiffin. Yeah. And fair enough. I, I think the thing is keep on trusting him because I think he feels like he found a partner um, who's doing this in a way that he wants it to be done. Mm -hmm. And it's his legacy. And I think you can trust him to be careful about his legacy. But, you know, the the big issue that, that the Elkhart machine has, where all of these RVs are built, where most of Thor companies are built, is, a, is just a, a completely tapped labor pool. Mm -hmm. And there is so much labor available in the South um, and the the ability to expand and the ability to work uh, in better climates. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I've I, never <laughs> understood why we want to build the majority of our RVs in the Midwest. I've never understood it. But uh, so I, I think we'll we'll keep keeping our eye on that. But please check out the video we did on that on the YouTube channel. Another video you should check out on the YouTube channel is our recent National Park News video, which just went out this morning as we're uh, recording this podcast. And on it, we talk about our newest national park, the New River Gorge. New River Gorge National River has now become New River Gorge National Park and Preserve, our 63rd national park unit in the National Park Service system. I did not have that on my card for national parks in 2020. I did. I, I know you did because you follow, one. you follow all of it. There was, you're telling well, me there's been a proposal out there. And I was like, I don't know what. <laughs> it's com it's very, very transparently aimed at increasing tourism. Yes. As a lot of these changes to national park names yep. have been, um, it is a very deserving place. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and it, I don't lament this idea that there are more national parks um, and that it's, I, some people say it's dumbing down, you know, what it means to be a national park. I, I'd say take all 400 plus units, call them all national parks and let's, right. let's make them all better places. We've had this conversation before. If you feel like the national park name needs to be protected, then we need to stop considering national parks, the creme de la creme of the national park service. Stop only making your goal to be to go to the 63 that are out there and go see the 424, 423. <laughs> I can't keep track of the number. 
four. I, I think this makes it four twenty four because it turns it because it was a national river and then now it is a national park and a national preserve. Those okay. are two. It's operated as one unit, but those are two separate units. So I think it adds a unit. But don't quote us on I that. Think. Just Google it. They, nobody really knows. Like it, it's, it's impossible to come up with the exact number. Yeah. But it's beautiful. Go. And I hope that more people do go and check it out. But I also hope that more people just go and check out any national park site that is near them when they're on their travels or when they're just exploring their own neighborhood. So the other big piece of news in the RV world that happened uh, over the holidays was, of course, the, the Christmas Day Nashville bomb um, that was an RV. Uh, built inside of an RV, and apparently the person who set off the bomb was was inside it. And uh, I don't want to get a lot into the details of that. Uh, you've all heard about it in the news, but I do want to give a shout out to Marcus Lemonis, the CEO of Camping World, who has donated five hundred thousand dollars to a lot of the small businesses that were affected at the bomb site. Um, but a lot of people have been reaching out to us, concerned about what this means for RVers. Is there going to be you know, more scrutiny, a, a, a second glance given to RVers that are parked on streets and in parking lots and, uh, and concerned about this sort of thing. And my initial gut reaction was like, come on. No, I mean, there's uh, this this could have been any vehicle. It could have been a, a, a truck. It could have been a, a bicycle for for that matter. It could have been any any vehicle. But um, but the number of people that have reached out to us that are concerned about it makes me think there's probably a number of people that aren't RVers that might have some of those same concerns, rational or not. Well, it's the imagery. Yeah. It's the image you see. And, you know, you and I, you wanted to talk about this on the last podcast and I pushed back and I said I wasn't comfortable wanting to talk about this and that I didn't want to bring it into this space, not because I wanted to pretend like it didn't exist, but because it is such a gentle subject. And I think a lot of us are still trying to wrap our head around it. And also just out of respect for Nashville and what the community is going through there, like whether or not someone looks at my RV in a certain way is nothing compared to what the community of Nashville is dealing with as they try to heal from what happened on Christmas day. So we went back and forth. But like you said, there's been a lot of people who are worried or there's just been a lot of conversation about it. And so we felt like we could gently talk about it from just an RVing standpoint while still trying to be respectful to those who have lived through this. And I have to say, I think that I feel differently than you. I do think that for a while, some people, especially those closest to or in the vicinity of or who knew someone involved might look at an RV and give it a second glance, especially if it's parked on the street, especially, you know, I think it's all going to be very situational. I think that this is common. I mean, there's a lot of other instances I could pull that aren't tragedies like this, where an image has been used to shape the way you think about something. So I, I I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I, you know, I, I, I think I, you know, I perhaps uh, want it to not be that way. And I don't sure. see a reason for it to be that way. But the reality is, you're right. It is about, you know, the feelings that it strikes up in somebody. And do I think there are going to be policies put into place because of this against RVs being parked in places and stuff? 
probably not. Um, but well, in, in terms of just perception, maybe. Maybe. I, you know, I would be curious to see in the long run if this does once um, the immediate reaction to everything calms down and, and once we deal with the immediate after effects of a tragedy like this, if policy in regards to RVs parked on streets near government buildings or near certain locations, if things like that don't come into play a little bit. I, you know, a lot of people ha- have said in, in some comments that I've read on social media and stuff like after the Oklahoma City bombing, nothing changed. You can still get fertilizer. You can still rent rider trucks and all that. But that's not true. A lot changed. If you go to any big city, you cannot park outside of a, any federal building. And all the major buildings have concrete pylons to stop people mm-hmm. from driving up onto the sidewalk or perhaps into the into the atrium of the building in a vehicle. There, there was massive changes to the way that some of the big buildings in this country, you know, decided to have security plans because of the Oklahoma City bombing. The focus wasn't on the products purchased, right. the things themselves that were used to cause the tragedy. The focus was on protecting the things that were the focus of the tragedy, the things that were instigating the anger, or the fear, or who knows what causes someone to make the decisions that they make, like in Oklahoma and now here in Nashville. It was about protecting those people inside those institutions. I don't know how this will shape things going forward, but this is just another long line of tragedy in this country in which someone is able to access something and and take what it's intended, what it was intended for and throw that aside and turn it into something that causes unending heartache and destruction. And so we can't say what it's going to be like for our viewers going forward. I don't, you know, we choose not to be ruled by fear. Um, and just, you know, know that for some this, who knows who, who truly knows. And I'm not very eloquent with my words right now because I too am still processing and wrapping my head around it. And honestly, um, I, I did check out, a little bit last week. And that was kind of why, you know, I said, I, I need a mental break space from 2020 and talking about yet another heavy thing. And that's a first world problem. Wow. How, you know, how fortunate am I that I can say, I don't want to talk about this, but you know, that's what I did to mentally just get through the end of the year. All right, let's lighten things up a little bit. We want to give a, a special shout out, a delayed shout out that we feel terrible about uh, to to a special listener, Danae. Mariah reached out to us earlier in December uh, about offering you a Christmas message and told us how difficult a year it has been for you guys, like it has been for all of us this year, and uh, how much of a special person you are and how you listen to us every day, which really warms our hearts. Yeah, I just want to read a little bit because I think that Danae deserves to hear what was written about her. And I'm going to try and do it justice without getting all um, emotional. But not only has she graciously handled all of the anxieties and uncertainties this year has brought, but she has also taken on more than I could ever ask so that I could pursue my dreams of becoming a teacher. 
go back to school, and all the while learn to teach first grade virtually, sometimes even taking a second job to temporarily fill in the gaps. She has been my absolute rock. My wife loves your podcast and YouTube channel, and I can tell how much joy it has brought her this year. Since discovering your podcast in July, she has been listening relentlessly and is currently caught up, tuning in every week for the newest episode. As I sat thinking about something that would be really special to let her know how much I have seen and appreciated her this year, I thought of your podcast and how much joy it brings her. Every morning I hear her listening and watching as she gets ready for work, and it has really helped guide her in considering and following her own dreams. For that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I was wondering if you would be able to give her a shout out on your podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to consider this request. Uh, Merry, Merry Christmas and a very, very happy new year to you and to everyone who's listening. This is just one of those things that when I opened it and I read it, I started crying because I couldn't wrap my head around uh, someone thinking of us in that way and being able to share in the joy of something that, you know, for two people has been an incredibly trying year. And Danae, you just sound like uh, you give me life goals as a, a partner to someone who is trying to achieve their dream and and the selflessness that comes from that. And I think it's really beautiful. So I'm sorry we didn't get to this sooner. We continuously kept forgetting to put it into Well, it was going to be our Christmas episode and then we, <laughs> and then we, we delayed it. We didn't. So I hope that we can say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and an early Merry Christmas for 2021. Thank you. And for... you're from Kansas City. So when this pandemic <laughs> is over and we're back in town, we would love to say hello. Yes, absolutely. We would love to grab a drink with you sometime and say hello and learn all about what you guys did in 2020 and what your dreams are for 2021. So thank you so much for reaching out to us and allowing us to uh, share in that special gift that you wanted to give Danae. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're going to have a lot of advice for newbie RVers from the Facebook group coming up. We take a week off and then you get me back into this podcast and you got me talking heavy. Then you got me crying. <laughs> See, if we can't spread it out, we got to <laughs> cram it all into one. I need to, I need 10 minutes now. I have to go collect myself. <laughs> Outdoor enthusiasts of all stripes will enjoy Pelican gear on their adventures. Hard sided Pelican Elite coolers are all made in America and are available in a wide number of sizes. Get a 20-quart for short day trips, a 50-quart for week-long adventures, or a wheeled 45-quart to keep the fun rolling along. Pelican backs all their hard-sided coolers with a lifetime warranty, too. RV Miles listeners can get a free day venture tumbler when they visit EliteCooler.com slash RVMiles and spend over $100. It is time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. What English word retains the same pronunciation even after you take away four of its five letters? And the answer was the word Q. Let's Q, Q it like up. You line up in a Q. And if you take away four letters, you just have the letter Q and it's still Q. So why do we have to have the U-E-U-E? -U -E? <laughs> I don't know. Why can't it just be, be spelled Q-U-E? 
why do we need the extra you? I did. No, you got time to talk sense. about this because I don't I have don't. time to go into this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I've long thought, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about tips and tricks and advice and stuff that comes up. You know, we've been full-time RVing for four and a half years. And I think in a lot of the RV uh, bloggers and YouTubers and, and uh, podcasters, one of the things we all forget to do is to take a step back and talk about all those little things that you need to know when you first get into that RV that, that very first time. Uh, there are so many little things that it takes some time to figure out. and you, Everybody can get a little bit further ahead by knowing some of it in advance. And not the little things you need to buy. No, not, not the no. little things you need to buy. Need to buy not very the, little. <laughs> not all the classes you need to take, yeah. but just the day-to-day stuff you need to remember. And who better to ask rather than sit there and be like, well, let us tell you everything no, who better to ask than a community of people who are living this lifestyle? So we actually took this question to the RV Miles group because you all are such smart individuals and you too are living this sometimes on a day-to-day or a season-by-season basis. And we started off with a little list of things we could think of, but then we opened it up and 109 comments later... We have a really awesome list. So let's start by, I'll throw a few of the ones that I put into this post, and then we'll, we'll read some of the ones that some of the, uh, some of the people in the group put in. I contributed one. All right. Mm-hmm. It's not good. <laughs> I contributed it in the comments, though. <laughs> uh, and these are in no particular order, of course. My first one was to not walk into any cell phone store and ask for an unlimited tethering data plan. <laughs> Uh, because they will sell you something and it will not work. And that is one of the quickest ways people get behind on figuring out internet on the road. Yeah, will not be the thing that you are asking for. You and then the rep will be speaking two very different languages the whole time. Don't leave your awning out when you're not under it. One of the biggest repairs that RV repair facilities have, one of the most common is replacing an awning because it got left out in the wind. And those things can just flip over the top of the RV and rip right off. They rip the screws out of your siding and then some of the siding needs to replace. It's a mess. Don't leave your your awning out in the wind or just whenever you're not using it at mm-hmm. all. Always shut your water off when leaving your site. Now, we have had enough water issues inside our rig when we've been home to be able to count ourselves fortunate that those things didn't happen while we were away from the rig because had we left and left the water on and some of those things happened, they absolutely would have happened. They would have flooded the RV. So now we always turn our water off because we just don't trust the piping and the plumbing and the water and all of that inside our RV. And I've seen lots of photos on social media of flooded RVs from... You know, you never know what what it could be that caused it. And you know what? Sometimes, especially when you have little people and sometimes they don't get the water all the way turned off in the sink in the bathroom. They go, they wash their hands. They don't get it turned off all the way. And maybe you don't think to check the sink before you leave and go out. And then you've just got a slow, constant drip, 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 drip. Or, you know, in our case, a slow, constant drip, 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 drip with the plug closed. Yeah. So the bowl is just filling up and someone goes, uh, the water is about to spill over in the bathroom. What should I do? You're like, what? <laughs> Turn yeah. it off. How about that? Yeah. 
turn it off and pull the plug. <laughs> uh, our biggest piece of advice to new RVers is always don't try to do it all in one trip. Travel slower. Uh, you will learn that if, after your first few times if, if, you, if you don't take advantage of uh, the fact that we're telling you this now. Get a torque wrench. If you've got a trailer and check your lug nuts regularly to make sure that they are torqued properly. It's not just about air pressure. You do want to check the air pressure on your tires every time you travel though as well. Change your smoke detector batteries after storage. You know, we all get in our smoke detectors in our homes. We get that beep that tells us to change the battery. Well, a lot of times you put your RV in storage for the winter. That beep goes on for several months while you're away from the RV and you come back to it and the battery has run out so far that there's no beep anymore. You forget that there's a dead battery in your smoke detector and obviously smoke detectors, a very important thing. Yeah. Empty your black tank followed by your gray tank. That's kind of, you know, do we yeah, need well, to some go? people don't know. I mean, no. some people will go and pull them both uh, at the same time. And the gray tank flushes out the sewer hose and, and gets the, the yes. black stuff out of it. What <laughs> I was going to say was, do we need to go into a lot of detail yeah, on no. that one? <laughs> There's a reason why you do the black before you do the gray. Check the fluid level in wet cell batteries monthly. Check your roof sealant. I just did this the other day. Check your re- roof sealant at least twice a year, if not monthly. Um, at the very least, do it quarterly. You should be getting up on your roof often anyway. We do it every time we've parked under trees to make sure that there's no leaves and stuff on, on the roof or no no big sticks on the slide. To, uh, but you do want to check to make sure that there are no nicks and rips in, in your roof and that the sealant is still holding. You may have to replace some of that sealant on a regular basis. And if you have an issue and you have not been inspecting it, your insurance might not pay out if there is an issue with your roof. I want to jump on this one that Rob wrote because it's one of my favorites. And I think it's something that we all need to remember is that if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Don't get too excited. Things happen. Learn from the experience and adapt to the situation. Boy, do I need to say that to myself on a regular basis, especially as a full-timer when you're living in this thing constantly. I always have to tell myself, it is not the end of the world. We can repair this. Check for obstructions inside and outside of the rig before opening and closing the slides. I learned that the hard way, says Trudy. And that's one thing that we try to make sure that we do is check under the under the rug, there's, you know, carpet mm-hmm. overlap on our slide and you check under that. I've seen lots of people have like a, a hot wheel or a, a pencil <laughs> Lego. or a, a Lego stuck <laughs> under there and it scrapes across their flooring as yes. the slide opens or closes. Don't want that. I have a lot of anxiety about our slide. So this one really registered with me. Uh, another one from Laura is that when backing up, the spotter needs to look up for tree limbs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't just look on the ground. Oh, look yeah. up and make sure, you know, we think that the that the height of the site is going to be good for RV. And it not is not always true. And that's one of the things that can easily nick your roof. And it's happened to us several times. Scott very simply said, watch out for tail swing. Mm-hmm. Watch out for the tail swing. Every time you, that's the biggest thing I can tell you about turning an RV is watch where the butt of it is going. Absolutely. Now, this is a really interesting one here that Dave wrote. He said, have a can of Lysol and spray the spigot before hooking up the water. And someone jumped in and commented on that, seconding that because they said they'll never forget watching the guy next to them breaking camp. And then after unhooking the freshwater, he disconnected the sewer hose. 
then hooked it under the freshwater spigot to rinse it out. Yeah. Gross. Okay. A, a lot of people will do wow. instead of like a spray Lysol, they'll put like a, a little bit of bleach into a, a small bowl or a dish and then lift that up under the water spigot to sanitize the water spigot and then and then take it away. Now, the only thing I contributed to all of this was that I wrote, just make sure all of your passengers are in the truck with you before you drive away. We've, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we talked about some some horror stories, there, there have been lots yes. of them of people left behind. But I was talking about this from firsthand experience, <laughs> which Jason didn't remember. Okay, we and drove so... about three feet without our, one of our children <laughs> in, in the in the truck. But it wasn't because we remembered. It was because the child was yelling at us to stop. And so, you know, just do a head count before you pull out so that no one is running after their home on wheels begging you to wait for them. <laughs> Mark mentions that the uh, the CO detector, the carbon monoxide slash propane detector uh, that is mounted in every RV, they're only good for five years. They've got expiration dates on them. Usually the lights turn colors to tell you when it's time to change them or they'll beep at you. But if you're buying a used RV, certainly you'll want to change that out if it's more than a few years old and you want to, uh, if you buy a new one, you want to put that on your schedule to replace it. Now, Melody wrote, make sure your glass shower door is latched before leaving. That's a big one. That's not a mess I would like to discover once I got to my campground. Yeah, and I've seen lots of people post pictures of broken RV shower doors for that reason. Or, you know, fridges. A lot of people have residential fridges that have an additional latch that's got to be closed that you don't normally latch. And uh, in our bus, we had a few incidents of of fridges opening while traveling. Spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce. On the floor. Uh, Now, I actually learned, I learned a lot actually from this thread, but I really learned something that clicked with me and I feel like we've been pretty lucky with over the last 18 months. And that is that Pam wrote, if you have a microwave, remove the glass plate that is in the bottom before traveling. Now, we have a glass plate in our microwave, and it has never occurred to me that maybe I either need to pad that down or I need to remove it. So for the last 18 months, that thing has just been rocking and rolling and rattling. And I have seen people share theirs broken, and they're hard to replace because you got to find the right exact size. Yeah, so that was a real eye-opener for me. So when we travel on Monday, I am definitely going to make sure that that is safe. So thank you so much to Pam for bringing that up. Beth wrote, plan your drive and drive your plan. I really like this one. Yeah, it's so easy to plan what you're going to do and then ignore it. Yeah. uh, Or not plan at all. (laughs) Yeah, which we are classic for both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she also mentioned to make sure that your JT strong arm legs are unscrewed before before you break your level. There's a lot of fifth wheels have this JT strong arm is the brand, but it's a it's a, a a angled bracing that keeps the whole trailer from rocking around and you have to loosen them up before you you pull your leveling jacks up and if you forget to you're going to cause some damage yeah chalk your wheels after leveling and before disconnecting is what tim recommends totally agree with that one definitely need to chalk your wheels and it's easy to forget you know a lot of the things that are easy to forget we a lot of times we make checklists and we have all these things that we plan on doing every time we uh, we hook up the trailer or we take it apart. And a lot of the times the things that get missed 
are when you're stopping for a brief period of time. You go stop at a rest stop, you open up the slide, you go have lunch, you might forget to put the slide back in all the way, or you might forget to put the stairs up, or you might forget to latch that refrigerator. That's when the problems happen. We might be speaking from experience. We might not. We're never going to (laughs) tell. I really liked this one, too, as we start to wrap this up. Don't go out and buy all the neatest RV camping gadgets. This is from Matt. And he says, until you've made a few trips in your rig, then you'll really know what you need. So many people, including us, preach that all the time. Do not look at those lists that are like the 10 things you need before you RV. You don't need them. You need what you bought, which is your RV. You need food. You need a campground to go to. And you need some clothes to put on your back unless you're going to a campground where that's optional. You're going to need a power cord. You're going to need a sewer hose and you're going to need a water hose. But don't those things come with like when you mm, buy the RV? Sometimes depends on the dealer. Oh, well, if your dealer's not. Okay. (laughs) And you're going to need uh, and and we highly recommend a surge protector and you're going to definitely need wheel chocks. Other than all that sort of stuff. You can get everything at Walmart and you don't need anything right away. Okay. So I need to walk that back just a little bit then. (laughs) Buy things that you need in order to actually camp in the RV. You don't need all the bells and whistles and the extras. Yes. You know, make sure you want a big giant map that says happy camper (laughs) before you go and spend the money. That's the big giant mat that says happy camper. Cause you're going to have to lug that big giant mat with you wherever you go. On that note, you can go check out this list over in the RV miles, Facebook group. If you are not a member yet, please become one. And, uh, and we'd be happy to chat with you over there. Let's take another break. And when we come back, we'll have our fresh tank, black tank segment and our new brain teaser. Be right back. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted to your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did I mention all of that is included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you to upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. It is now time to check the level of our tanks. Abby, what is in your black tank this week? So my black tank this week includes us. I have us in our black tank this week. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, but I am black tanking why it is so hard for this family to move back into our trailer, into our home after we have been out of it. Jason, we don't own anything. Like, why is this always so hard for us? It's because we take so much out that we don't need to. Like, we can leave some stuff like the 50 stuffed animals. Okay, the, but those the came Xbox, the, <laughs> Those came over because a very heartbroken little 10-year-old uh, uh, wanted all of his stuffies with him for Christmas Eve. Hey, those weren't even there for the first 5 weeks that we weren't in. Now, it doesn't matter. They still got to go back I in. I know. They still have to I go would, back in. I say we just we just park in the driveway and we live in our trailer. I agree. And I think that part of the problem is is that 
it, this particular situation, because we were needing to shelter in place and we knew it was going to be an extended period of time, we had to pull everything in the sense of all of our work stuff, the camera equipment, the recording equipment, the clam, the chairs, all of that had to come with us and it had to follow us. And that was exhausting. But genuinely, when I think about it and all the vacations we have taken prior to becoming full-time RVers, never in my entire life have I been more exhausted than on the days that I am trying to move this family back into its home. I know. It. And so I give us a big old black tank. We need to be better about that. And yeah, I got nothing more. You got suggestions. I will take them because I said at this point, we're never visiting anybody again. I can't do it. What is in your fresh tank? So my fresh tank is going to a game that I've actually fresh tanked in the past. But I have to come back to it because we just got this expansion pack on it. That was so inappropriate. Jason is dying right now that I'm going to talk about this. So over the holiday season, we broke out our What Do You Meme game. Now, for anyone who has not heard of this game, this is a game where you get, uh, it's very similar to Cards Against Humanity. So you're going to get a, a bunch of cards in your hand and then you're going to go around and each round, someone is going to pick a card that is an image from a famous meme that you've seen going around. You know, the little girl with the smirk on her face while the house is on fire behind her or the woman bending over, like trying to catch her breath. And, you know, all... Think of an image that you've seen. Think of some cat poster you've seen. And this image is probably going to be in this deck. Now, over the holidays, we acquired the NSFW version of what do you mean? Which is, I used to think it was not suitable for work, but apparently it means not safe for work. Same thing. Same thing. But I got razzed really hard by some people, you included, because I was using the word suitable. No. Uh, yes. Your brother. Your brother who <laughs> likes to razz you for everything. Yes. And you like to get on that train. You'd be like, toot, toot, and then you hop right on. So we picked up the NSFW expansion pack for this game. And I don't, if you don't like Cards Against Humanity or you are um, one who, <laughs> I'm not going to recommend this for everybody uh, because we play. Somebody's going to buy this that shouldn't buy this and we're going to get in trouble. No, for no, no, no. It. You do not buy this if there are certain words that offend you or possible imagery that offends you. But at the same time, if you get a really good laugh out of Cards Against Humanity, then you need to pick up this expansion pack because I don't think... We have laughed. This is such an insight. I feel like this is opening maybe too much of a door into our lives. We laughed so hard. And I played this game with my mom and my dad. That's okay. The, <laughs> that's where it gets like, that's where. <laughs> now we, <laughs> like, at the same time, we bought the, what do you mean? Family pack. Yes. And we're able to play the family version yes. with the kids, which was also a whole lot of fun. So yes. you can get it whether you want the. Absolutely. And yeah. if you want to get the not safe for work, and I absolutely think you should if you like to play this game with other grown-ups. you will need to find if you have children a safe space for them to go where they cannot hear you whatsoever and so you know this is not a game that we would play in our trailer <laughs> with the kids anywhere near us i had to give it its fresh tank because it really did bring us some of our 
most enjoyable evenings sitting around the card table, having some drinks and playing this incredibly inappropriate game with my parents. <laughs> so there you go. Jay, what, your whole face is so red. What is on your black tank this week? Well, you know, I've been getting into the TikTok lately. <laughs> I have. <laughs> one of these days I'll sing my TikTok song. I have a TikTok song that so goes now. We've been I, I we've been making some little TikTok videos, which if you don't know about TikTok, it's just like little 10 to 15 to 30 second long videos. You've been and, ticking and you've been uh, talking. But it, a lot of it's humorous and fun. But really what we're trying to do um, is do some tips. So both my fresh and black tank. Uh, this week are, are are related to two TikToks I made. One of them uh, is on something that I have seen going around uh, some of the the social media sites lately uh, about winterizing RVs. A lot of people are trying to figure that out for the first time. And some people are recommending that you use vodka to winterize your R- RV with because they feel it is a uh, a safer, non-toxic liquid to use for winterizing your lines. Um, Okay. Look, before you continue on with that. Yes. I don't, even if it is okay to winterize your lines, what an injustice and waste (laughs) of vodka. I mean, at just the basic level, I can think of a thousand more things that you could do with vodka well, <laughs> than giving it to your RV, okay? Especially after 2020. <laughs> well, let, let's jump past the fact that there there's no way on earth that vodka is non-toxic, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's look. Yeah, my liver uh, is like, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but RV antifreeze, we all, all, I think we all grew up being a little bit afraid of antifreeze because we were told it's dangerous for you. RV antifreeze is nothing like the antifreeze that is used in cars. RV antifreeze is propylene glycol. It's an FDA-approved food additive, which also might not mean that it's not toxic. But as it, Clark Griswold it, has proven time and time it, again. It is, but it is about as safe as it could be for winterizing your RV. And if you don't want to use liquid, you can use compressed air and blow out the lines. I'm not a fan of that just because... I think that takes longer and it's more work and it's like $6 worth of RV antifreeze and it's quick and I'm done. Um, and, and you can rinse it out and it doesn't, I mean, there's no taste or anything. People are really worried about that sort of stuff left behind. We dewinterized the other day, uh, and used it right away afterwards. There's no issues whatsoever. Propylene glycol is totally fine. And I understand it's a scary chemical phrase and it sounds bad, but but no Don't one... waste your money on putting vodka in your RV. Like, plus vodka freezes. Vodka, we we mm-hmm. put vodka in the freezer and we think it doesn't freeze, and that's no, it great. Freezes. For, it actually at negative eleven degrees. So if you're in the north, where it definitely gets below negative eleven degrees, or an often, RV freezer, because <laughs> apparently those get to negative eleven. Vodka, vodka will freeze, and RV antifreeze is usually good up to negative 50 rv antifreeze will freeze as well by the way but it doesn't expand as it freezes which is sort of the big thing that yeah and look no one in our house right now has grown a third limb or sprouted an extra ear or anything from dewinterizing from that rv antifreeze and then immediately once it ran clear and we let it run for a while beginning to use the water 
nobody here is has turned into anything pink and blobby like so far. But if you're concerned, use the compressed air method. Yes. And, and you'll be Peace fine. of mind is always better than just worrying. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is in your fresh tank? My fresh tank. Uh, I also did a TikTok. So I did a TikTok <laughs> video on the vodka antifreeze thing. I did another TikTok video on replacing our taillights. Listeners, hardcore listeners will remember that Abby uh, busted up one of our taillights oh, backing into something. And uh, I finally got around to replacing it. Um, so I took the a- advantage of that busted taillight to upgrade our truck's taillights to some LED taillights, which look really nice and were actually cheaper than buying a factory replacement. And uh, uh, and it was nice to not constantly be reminded anymore <laughs> of that one time that you it took crashed your truck. about four minutes per side to totally replace uh, our truck's taillights. And uh, the thing that I, I think the lesson from that is that there are lots of things that anyone can do that you would feel like you might go to the dealership and pay several hundred dollars for that to be done when a lot of these jobs and a lot of these jobs should be done. A lot of times just they're just not worth the time mm-hmm. to do yourself. You have a mechanic do them. But some of the little stuff is so easy to do. And in this day and age when we have TikTok and YouTube and, and all these different resources to help us through these things, um, there's no reason to not at least check out to see if you might want to give it a shot. Can we talk about the tickety talk for just a minute? Sure. And the and insanity. The yes, what? exactly. The I, bonkersness oh, listen, I of TikTok. Did, I did a video. We have like 13 videos out, 14 videos out. One of them I did on putting a a, 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 a twist on waste valve at the end of your RV sewage chain. So, you know, you've got your, you've got your two waste valves, your gray and your black. And we bought recently a twist on one to put at the end because we had some black tank leakage issues last year and the valve's now fixed, but now I've got this additional valve that is an additional savior so that when you take that cap off, there wasn't a leak, there wasn't a leak behind it (laughs) and and a whole bunch of stuff goes all over. Anyway, so I did a, a short TikTok on that. I thought it was real lame and short and whatever, not a big deal. That thing has 500,000 views. Right. And then he turns around and he does one on turning your water off before you leave the RV. And it's had 98 views. <laughs> the spread on views Listen, on TikTok, I mean, is all think, over the place. There I think are- it just speaks to people's concerns <laughs> with RVing. Black tank, water. It's the views on TikTok are bonkers right now. And if you haven't gone over and looked, we are just the perfect example of how like something going viral does not equate to like a mass no, following. Don't five, be tricked. 500,000 people view a video and We've then we have three. 300 followers. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay. That is so on point for our brand. It's though. a very it's, so- it's TikTok is a very weird weird place, but but and I'm it's, I'm starting to enjoy it. Oh I look, I I took a deep dive into the pasta on TikTok hashtag a few nights ago, and I think it was about two thirty before I finally put the phone down after watching an insane amount of people make pasta. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I need some eggs and some flour stat. Our our friends over at Forest River RV, which is a, another one of the big RV conglomerates, they own a lot of brands. They have a really great TikTok account where they just do these like 15 second long walkthroughs of every single RV they it's make. It's so cool. It's very, it's very fast with these like 
uh, speed speed ramps, what they call them, where it speeds up and slows down and, it's you know, focus great. on things. They're a fantastic way to just zip through a bunch of RVs you might be interested in. Anyway, check us out on TikTok. <laughs> we'll put a link to it in the YouTube description and Our in the show bonkers notes. channel. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. When was it? This, so the, we put these we put these show notes together in in order to put this episode out like over a week ago. So this brain teaser is going to you know it's going to show its age. When was it that Christmas and New Year's were celebrated in the same year? We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, we will. And as a 2021 reminder, if you are enjoying RV Miles, we would love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. That continues to help us find new listeners in the new year. So thank you to the over 600 people who have already done that. It would be amazing to click over to a thousand because I think you were reading something that says the majority of podcasts on Apple Podcasts never make it above 500 reviews, that there's only a teeny tiny percentage of us who have made it over that 500 review marker. So It's like 2%. Yeah, yeah so... Not to do our own horn, no, but no, I think no. that's wonderful. No, we didn't do that. You did that. So thank you so much for doing that. And thank you to all of those who are going to go over and continue to do that as well. Of course, if you have suggestions for upcoming topics on RV Miles in the new year, especially as we get close to the camping season, just find us over in the RV Miles Facebook group, or you can send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com. But until then, thank you all so much for giving us the space to have a week off last week and not asking us where anything was. It is the first week we did not record a RV Miles podcast in three years. Ever. And we did nothing. I wore the same sweatpants for three days. So (laughs) thank you for allowing me the space to do that. We hope that you all had a wonderful and safe holiday season. We wish you all the best in 2021. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring us. But we do know that we will keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. Danae. We love you. Yes, we do. Bye.